Welcome to DT Madness, Chronicles from the Third Life, episode 35, November 26, 2022. So glad you could make it. Thinking some this morning about the Chronicles from the Third Life and what that means. And I think in part and maybe in whole, really, um, the Chronicles of the Third Life are a, uh, a telling of, of, of my healing, you know, of of coming to grips with some things of trying to wrestle through um, some things that are four decades, you know, in the making four and a half. And so, you know, it's not just telling stories about what's going on in this second 20 year span. You know, that's kind of the way I view it. 20 years, first life, 20 years, second life, 20 years, third life, but also chronicling, my own processes and my own growth and healing. So anyway, uh, as I babble about today, maybe you can keep that in mind. I, I I don't have this one scripted quite like I often do. Um, and so we shall see how this one pans out. Um, it's called Songs of Life, of course, with a Y, L-Y-F-E. Um, I guess to start off with, really not talking about a song, unless we're talking about the triple triple dent gum jingle. But uh, to start out, before we get into the songs, I'll, I'll tell you that the best Pixar movie, in my view, or at least the one that has the most uh, impact on me, is Inside Out. And uh, I think it's great. I just, I really think it's great. I think it's. Uh, it's hilarious and funny and reflective and the, the villain, you know, the villain in the story, if they're, if you could call it, that is, is the self. And I really think that's a fascinating view. Um, I guess while we're at it, I would throw Incredibles, Wally, Monsters, Inc. Um, I don't know what else I got for the, for the top five. Toy Story three is pretty solid. But anyway, one of the things that uh, I have encountered in my brief dabble into um, seeking counseling is is what is called family systems theory. And in a lot of ways, that's what Inside Out is dealing with. Like there are these different parts of you, uh, different parts of me, um, and recognizing those for what they're trying to do, for how they're trying to defend and protect and enhance and all that kind of stuff and, and the the patterns that have been built, you know, over a long time and unwinding those things or re reconditioning, perhaps rewiring. So I, I, I talk about that um, to say that one of the things that I have been trying to do in the past month or so is to unlock some of the memories from first life. And I'll tell you, I might have said this before, but I always talk about this um, story from the Challenger uh, explosion. It happened on my birthday. 
January 28th, 1986. That happened on my eighth birthday. And I have for years taught that in psychology as a flashbulb memory, a memory that just kind of sticks out, um, that's burned into your memory uh, is where the term comes from. But <clears throat> I've always talked about that and how I was at home from school that day and it, because it was like an ice storm and I was watching Price of Price is Right or something like that. And I can picture myself sitting on the floor in front of the couch watching the TV and watching the, the space shuttle with Krista McAuliffe on it. And, you know, I remember it so clearly how blue the sky was and how about 90 seconds in, of course, the disaster happened. Um, and I can picture that. I can picture where I was sitting. And then just a couple of years ago, I realized that I, that memory isn't real because where I have myself pictured is on in, in the house that I didn't live in when I was eight years old. You know, I didn't live there. I didn't live there until sometime after I, I was in seventh grade, maybe even moving into eighth grade. So, you know, I just sometimes wonder what's, what else do I have blocked out or fuzzed out or any of those kinds of things? And so one of the things that I've been trying to do is, is remember some of the great things, some of the good times. Um, and, and so to, to get out of that and into some music, uh, because this is called Songs of Life, I, I just wanted to reach back as far as I could and, and think about some of the um, different types of music that have shaped my memories that I remember from growing up, uh, there was a radio station to go all the way back called 96.1, Magic 96.1, and it was an oldie station. And oldies, I guess, was the 60s, you know, 50s and 60s perhaps. Um, it's funny now to think that the oldies now would be the 90s radio station or perhaps the 80s, but um, this was 50s and 60s kind of stuff, and we would listen to it, and, and my dad would drive his Ford Escort station wagon. It was kind of light blue with, I don't think it had a muffler on it, because you could hear that thing growling for miles away when you knew um, he was coming. I was a five-speed, I feel pretty sure, one of those things where we would just sit in the back, you know, those stories where you could say, ah, we rode in the back of the station wagon, we didn't have no seat belts, we drank water out of the lead pipes and all that. But we, but we listened to a lot of the oldies, you know, driving around. I, I remember some other things too, like some, some gospel type groups called the Kingsmen. I'm not sure I could tell you any of the songs that they sing, but for sure I could tell you about the Oak Ridge Boys. Not only things like El Bara or Baba, Baba, Bobby Sue, but the, the gospel albums too. Um, I actually downloaded the one that I grew up listening to. Uh, on Apple Music just a, a couple years ago and, and go back to that one once in a while. But but I do remember that kind of stuff. Even my dad playing, you know, those those records, 33s, um, in his shop while he was uh, uh, making all the wood stuff that he makes. But again, even as I say that right now, like the, the shop that my mind went to is not the shop that would have been playing in these early days. Anyway, uh, Alabama, you know, um, I'm from Cleveland County, North Carolina. And so, you know, country music is going to be a, a big part of my lifetime. Uh, I put Alabama in there because it's the first concert that I remember going to. I think it was in Gaffney, South Carolina. I have no idea where that would have been. Um, uh, went with Melvin and Joanne Lutz. They took me down, I guess. I, I hope that's a real memory. 
think it is. Um, but you know, that just kind of reminds me of riding bicycles. And I felt like I had the the fastest bike. It, my red and black bike was the fastest one. And then when I got the blue, sh- whatever it was with white tires, man, I was cruising around all through the sidewalks of Gardner Webb and like going to the gym and shooting when I was so young and, you know, walking to the pool and all that kind of stuff. Kenny and Dolly's Christmas album. I've talked about that on here before. Um, we blasted it just the other day while we were putting up our Christmas tree, but that takes me back. My mom loves to decorate for Christmas. I mean, with all the villages and the the snow and the popcorn that was strung when I was a baby and all that kind of stuff that she still used for a long, long time. Um, we, we put cheese balls on our Christmas tree. We strung cheese balls a couple years ago and then I don't know what else we, we've done the popcorn, but cheese balls, what else do we do? I can't remember if we did crack on oat brand or something like that, but this year we made little pictures with our friend David on it. And also Paige Pierce, um, a little bit of inside jokes there, but, uh, pretty cool. I'll have to post some pictures of, of what our tree looks like with that on it. Um, I also remember born the born on the 4th of July soundtrack. I don't know if that's, um, I don't, I don't know if my chronology is here, you know, I don't know if it's all, in the right order. But again, driving down in my dad's car, we would be listening to that on a cassette tape. He loved the song by Edie Brickell um, and the New Bohemians. What is it? I Quit. Is that what it's called? I think. Um, I remember Hard Rain's Gonna Fall was on there and American Pie by Don McLean was on there. And we would we would listen to that in my memory going down to Gaffney where my, my granddaddy was a preacher. Um, at a church called Landmark. Was it Landmark? No, I always get this one wrong. Providence, maybe. Um, anyway, it was one of the ones down there in Gaffney where he was a preacher man for a good while. But I'm still listening to Edie Brickell and still just amazed at the eclectic music taste that my dad passed down to me. Bon Jovi, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, a couple of things stick out from listening to Bon Jovi. Bad Medicine in the fifth grade. At West Cleveland School, um, my friend James Corbin and Josh Guffey and Eric McMurray, like they played, they had a band. I mean, when they were in fifth grade, maybe sixth, they were in sixth grade, maybe I was in fifth grade. And they freaking played Bad Medicine. And it was awesome. Uh, maybe it wasn't, but it was to a, a fifth grader's ears, you know. And uh, James Corbin still plays really great music i remember bon jovi as well from every time i hear the ballad what is it i'll be there for you these five words i swear to you oh man that was a that's a fun i didn't mean to miss your birthday baby (laughs) i wish i could have seen you blow those candles out come on um but uh man listening to that at us i think it was at south mountain baptist camp again like fifth grade ish sixth grade and my friend Kelly Wall was there, and I still almost can smell the smoke from the fire, uh, the campfire that we had. And I mean, I probably was trying to trying to hold some hands, you know, something like that. So anyway, thank you, Bon Jovi. Um, skipping ahead a little bit to the Bengals, um, you know, walk like an Egyptian for sure. Manic Monday was a little bit before my time, but we listened to it some. Um, but what was that? Oh man. Oh, how can I not remember what eternal flame? Oh man, eternal flame. And then you throw in Tiffany, you know, I think we're alone there, but really like that ballad could have been, oh, just so heartbreaking, which I I had no idea what those songs were about, but we had, you know, boom boxes and cassette recorders and me and my sister Jody would just 
we would wail on those. I mean, we would just sing those. Probably some Debbie Gibson in there too. Um, I bet those tapes still exist somewhere. Jody or my mom probably have them. I think my first CD that I ever had was was Garth Brooks when when we started getting into things like oh, I was part of Columbia House where you had to buy so many. But then you found out about, was it BMI? That No, that's Body Man. Anyway, I think it was B, it was something. And where you got just about mm, 20-something CDs for a dollar or something like that. But, but listening to Garth Brooks and Blame It All on My Roots and, I mean, Shameless, you know, his Billy Joel cover, which he does um, just flawlessly. Um, listening to Garth, man. Tomorrow never comes. I mean, come on. When I when I was a young middle schooler, and if there would be any kind of health, my dad had a health problem one time where he had to go where they thought he was. I think he thought something was wrong with his heart. Maybe it didn't end up being that big of a deal. But um, you know, listening tomorrow never comes as a as a middle schooler as I'm trying to process mortality that sticks out to me. I think I was hiding in the closet listening to that thing on repeat. Um, yeah, I told y'all I got issues from a long time. Um, Again, I think I'm, my chronology is off a little bit here, but but the the band Tesla, the the album Five Man Acoustical Jam, I think is what it was called. They played the song Signs, and and Born to Be Wild, you know, Steppenwolf, and I remember that because when I was when I was going to Boiling Springs Baptist Church, my friend James Corbin, as I mentioned earlier, his dad was the pastor there, buddy, um, who was a good guy, and um, but we would have retreats and we would do lip syncs and I was the lights guy. I wasn't even like on the stage, which is interesting. If you'll stick with me all the way to the end, uh, uh, how that even fits into what I want to get into there. But they would, we would, they would lip sync for the other kids and I would flick the lights on and off in the, on the stage anyway. Um, Glory of Love by Peter Cetera. And that's just because karate kid, man, my name's Daniel. So I got called Daniel son throughout that whole phase and i'm cool with that karate kid man ralph macchio um ali sheedy yeah uh all right i'm here for that and then uh climbing up to that tower and rescuing the girl and fighting chosen i never remember karate kid three but one and two man solid rocky four soundtrack i mean that will still get you pumped up isaac was just watching it the other day but that Rocky Four soundtrack, if you if you need something to work out with, then that's that's your ticket. Me and Isaac, I'm sitting here with my scarf on, by the way. I just thought it would be a good thing to do. Um, as soon as I go to the eye doctor, which has got to be soon, I'll sit here with my glasses on as well. And uh, and and just so you can get that visual. Um, me and Isaac, speaking of Rocky Four, I think we're getting ready to go pump some iron together at the Y. He, he lifted just the other day, and his arms are so sore. From doing it the first time but uh, that dude's getting ripped man um skipping ahead a little bit into middle school journeys open arms faithfully things like that in middle school i was super like i had super blonde hair and Haley and jennifer and brenna and all those girls julie would call me q-tip which i mean you know whatever man i was in seventh grade and they were in eighth grade so i i thought i had it i thought i had it going on and so they want to call me q-tip that's cool um, and, and middle school as well, more than words is that is ex- extreme, I think is, is the name of that group. And me and me and my friend Shields in drama class with brooms for guitars. Like we were, we, we lip synced, um, for a drama project. One time we lip synced sitting on the stools, doing the, doing the duet. Um, 
to more than words. I'm sure we killed it, man. My my brother my brother is is fifty, almost fifty one, and he he's uh, you know, so he's six years older than than I am, and so of course I looked up to him just a great deal. Uh, while I was, I'm, I remember being so sad. It's why I knew that you know Sydney and Isaac were going to have a a tricky time when Sam went went to Boone. We've we've done pretty well with that after the first initial shock, um, but. Uh, yeah, I remember when he left for Davidson and went to college, how sad I was. But I, I remember Harry Connick Jr., the album 20, which I still listen to. is still uh, a fantastic um, jazz piano, New Orleans kind of thing before Harry Connick went to, you know, Hallmark Channel or whatever. Um, but that reminds me of riding around in my brother's Ford Escort that I eventually inherited. Um Carry On My Wayward Son by Kansas. I'm sure I've talked about this before in one of these 34, now 35 episodes, but um, one of the most influential and life-changing, I don't think I'm being too dramatic. Maybe I am, but um, my friend Shields, I talked about, he, he, we were listening to things like Ice Cube and whatever. I mean, but we were, you know, in eighth grade, seventh grade, ninth grade, somewhere around in there. And his dad wasn't really about the gangster rap uh, at the time. And he said, all right, I tell you what, if you give all that stuff up, I'll spend, I'll buy you this amount of money worth of CDs at our local record store called the sound shop. And so we went to the sound shop and we were just looking through all of these CDs. I mean, we bought like skeletons from the closet, grateful dead. We bought, I mean, Jimmy Buffett albums. We bought, um, whatever. I mean, a bunch of classic rock, Almond Brothers, Bad Company, you know, all of that type of stuff that we began to, uh, to listen to, which changed our view of music and led us into bands like the Grateful Dead, Widespread Panic Fish. I mean, it really did change the trajectory of, of our musical tastes, you know, journey, what all that stuff. And no joke, man, we picked up Kansas to look at it. And as we picked it up, Carry On My Wayward Son came on in the record store. And we were like, oh, man. So, yeah, we, we knew that was meant to be. Towards uh, end of the high school, I remember things like Sweet Child of Mine because we would blast that Guns N' Roses junk while we were getting painted up. We were the Crest Crazies, and they used to let us take our shirts off. They don't let the kids do this stuff anymore. They used to let us take our shirts off, and we would paint the letters, chargers on our on our bodies. And, you know, and and – and just go to the games and we would be on the track and getting the crowd into it, man. It was so awesome. That was so awesome. We were just reminiscing about winning the state championship in Keenan stadium. Sorry, Tar Heels. That was a tough hour or so for y'all last night, but, uh, um, Rob zombie. Yeah, man. I listened to more human. No, is that more, more human than human? Something like that. That was my get hype song before I would play soccer. I wasn't good at soccer. I was the goalkeeper. Um, I was a third baseman. I didn't have any foot skills at all, but man, that was really fun playing soccer. Um, and then kind of to round out a couple more from, from high school ice, ice baby, of course. But I just want to tell you that, that them boys at Carowinds, me and, and what we call the nine, six, my crew that we're still hanging strong today. We still have about a nine man thread, uh, on, on iMessage and we get together anytime we can. Um, we went to Carowinds one time. We went to the recording booth and we did like a mashup of Ice Ice Baby, Won't There It Is. And I can't remember who the person was that sang 
Afro Puffs, but we we added that in there too. Oh, I wish I could find that tape. Maybe Harvey's got that one. And then um, speaking of the 96, man, we had our prom and we closed it down and we stayed there. And at the end, the DJ was like, what do y'all want to hear? And we told him what we wanted to hear. And this is still CDs, man. You know, we didn't have any digital music at this point. And so we actually went out into our cars, got our big binders of CDs with all the sleeve cases, brought it in and played our music for like the last hour. And Hey Jude, Hey Jude by the Beatles. I mean, we got the bro sway going on, you know, arm in arm, about eight, nine, ten of us blasting, singing Hey Jude. Oh man, prom, 96. Kind of getting towards the end in the summer, I started listening to Natalie Merchant. Me and my friend Sarah Ferguson, we went to see Natalie Merchant during the Tiger Lily tour. We went to see Tracy Chapman. I think I went to Lilith Fair. Is that, I think so. Tori Amon? I don't know, man. Did I go to that? I know that we were going to go see Alanis Morissette, me and my friend David Ronay. We got tickets our first freshman year of college. I think he was at East Carolina and I was at Davidson. We didn't go. I don't remember how that shook out. Um, but that was kind of the end of high school. There is going to be a halftime today, but uh, and and the the second half will be really small. At Davidson, I remember listening to this band called Sister Hazel. We listened to Vertical Horizon too. My brother was at Davidson, and Fish played there, and Widespread Panic played there, and Dave Matthews played there. So I was kind of like, I mean, I'm jealous about what he got to see. Vertical Horizon, these college rock, whatever. Sister Hazel is pretty cool. They had the the big hit All for You, and I was a member of Sig Ep, Sigma Phi Epsilon. I, d- I never made it to the end, but I was like the, the pledge class president and all that. And we had Sigma, uh, I'm sorry, we had Sister Hazel come play at our frat house. We played like flag football with them in the front yard and all that kind of stuff. I don't remember much after that. Again, my choices at Davidson weren't great. Um, Dave Matthews, I've talked about, I could put Dave in a lot of places. My first Real rock concert, Dave Matthews in 95, Charlotte Coliseum, the old Coliseum. We had second row tickets. Again, my friend Toph hooked us up with, with those. Um, but, but you know, driving. David, you heard this story before, man? This is kind of how I got into Crash, the album. Um, he would let me drive. Jay would let me drive his Volvo. So that just sticks out listening to that. Melissa, the Almond Brothers, Melissa, my friend Greg would play that at Davidson. He would play the song by Jacko Pierce, at, you know, as we were doing stupid frat boy stuff, running around probably with not as much clothes on as we should have had. And yeah. Ramble on Rose. I talked about that one a couple of weeks ago, seeing those, those girls sing that, hearing them sing it, their dreads. Like that was the first time I was like, Oh, this isn't Cleveland County. And I liked it. Um, Outcast, No Limit, Wu Tang, my friend Chill that that I that was my roommate and at Gardner Webb after I came back. And then I got into widespread panic, man. Like my first show was April twentieth, April twenty fourth, I believe, nineteen ninety nine. And I, I could put whatever here. I could put whatever song here, but I, I put I'm talking about climb to safety, which is actually a Jerry Joseph song, but. But it's panic, and you know, after all that I've been through, you're the only one that matters. You've never left me. Uh, you never left me here on my own. Um, I can feel the water rising. Let me be your ladder. I promise. Oh man, it gets me now. 
it, it was it was played at the first show I was at coming out of drums, and that started a twenty year twenty two year love affair with with JB and Mikey, you know, and 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 schools and JoJo, Todd, Sonny. So yeah, Panic Man kind of takes this whole next phase in in a lot of ways, but anyway. We'll do a, uh, we'll do kind of a short, I don't know, not super short. I, I read a poem last week from, uh, that Sarah had written and I, I want to read another one and then I'll get into some, some lighter stuff perhaps, but I just thought this one was really good. Maybe one of the best ones. And it, it's a recent one that she wrote and it's called sermons. I have struggled lately with walking into a man-made sanctuary to listen to a man-made sermon from someone who no doubt feels confident he is preaching rock-solid truth that has been determined, curated, and sent through marketing for some polish, full of certainty and necessary exclusivity. But it is never challenging to go to the river and listen to a sermon because the river cannot be deceived into believing that it has grasped some ungraspable idea, some deep mystery of God. Packaged with a dab of certainty and a heap of rushed passion. No, the river only flows unassuming and speaks of the spirit that can rise and rush and crush and can also carry along a single leaf with the gentleness of a new mother. Stillness and patience. And the trees around reveal truths of roots and a search for water and of generosity with shade, of knowing a season, of release. And I will happily listen to that kind, gentle sermon any, any day, along with the endless other sermons and parables tucked away in every crevice, heartbreaking, soul-soothing truths that spill goodness and remind you of your worth, your part in it all, your lovely, timeless part, natural and as significant as a glistening spiderweb or a patient stone, tiny, hidden, vibrant wildflower, the sun. Oh, well, it'd be hard for me to follow that up and talk about what I think the five best cookies are or the five best turtles. Um, although the Anna fingers is the answer in animal cookies an iced animal and iced oatmeal. I'm talking about like packaged cookies, you know, there's gotta be one more in there that I haven't thought about. I'm not really an Oreos guy. Turtles. Oh man, it's tough to be Oogway. Although I tell you, I came up with, uh, I was thinking of one, that turtle that's in NeverEnding Story. That's a good one, too. But we'll have to do a turtle's bracket sometime. But, the, you know, we ended up with Panic. And I've got to mention, like, of course I listened to Grunge, Pearl Jam's 10, Nirvana's Unplugged. I mean, Temple of the Dog, whatever, man. I listened to a bunch of that kind of stuff. Sublime was huge for me, especially in college. Isabel, now, jazz, so much jazz, classical music. So there's a ton of music that I'm leaving out. This is not like a, a ranking of music kind of thing. Um, but kind of getting into the third life now, I have to talk about, it's Bob Seger and I, is it, I don't think it's Martina McBride, but anyway, chances are, is it Bob Seger? I, I think so. Uh, maybe it's not, but chances are, oh man, after I met Sarah um, at Gardner-Webb, in philosophy class and it was the first summer you know that um 
we were going to be away. She was going back to States when I was going to go back and live at my parents' house. And so I was going to camp out. I was going to camp out in a tent and I was going to do it all summer. And, uh, I made some tapes out there, like some, some, some mixtapes, you know what I'm saying? With some spoken word on there. Like for real, man, I, I'm telling y'all I got game. Uh, or at least I had it. And, um, I put chances are on there and a couple of other, you know, if you make, do you feel my love? Maybe Garth Brooks. I'm not sure if that was on there or not, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know how many nights I made it camping out. It's hot in the summer in a tent. Great old, this goes back to panic, man. and just kind of rounds it out. I, again, I saw him for 20 years, hundreds of times, at least a hundred times anyway, all kinds of different States and I never got to hear the one song that I love so much called Gradle until uh, a few years ago in Durham. And that almost kind of closed out my Panic career. I don't listen to Panic as much as I used to. I've got to talk about Acoustic Syndicate as well. I, 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 I mean, these guys up from Bellwood that, that are kind of about to take a big, you know, a longer break. They've been touring and playing for many, many years. I got into them late. I didn't go to the green acres kind of hippie field i didn't know about them yet and uh but in 2007 sarah took me for a birthday present i think it was 2007 uh as a birthday present she she hooked it up to where i could have dinner with them before the show i actually got to pick out a couple songs uh, that they would play of course i i picked been there again um, but man what an what an amazing group of men um, and just tremendous songwriting uh, love and generosity and taking care of the planet and you know, but they'll throw in some Bob Marley. They'll, it's just amazing musicianship and, and, and good stuff. Avett Brothers, I can't just pick one of these songs. An Avett Brothers bracket is is always something that we work through. Man, 2018 was tough. 2000, late 17 and 2018 was tough as the as kind of the, the breakdown of, of the church that I, I've talked about, Broad River. Oh, man, it was just a huge amount of self-doubt and self just like, uh, it was devastating, man. It was devastating. It's still devastating. I still have a lot of raw feelings, um, for that, which, uh, I got my, um, my counseling appointment set up. So December 22nd, I get to go meet with uh, my friend Sarah at Living Lotus. So I'm, I'm looking forward to trying to unpack some of this kind of stuff, but, but Sarah and I went to Red Rocks in 2018 to see the Avett brothers for a couple, for three nights. And, uh, Man, no hard feelings. It's just a beautiful song. It's just an almost unattainable, like ideal song, but it's the one we should reach for. And but but so many of the Avett Brothers lyrics spoke directly to us both through that time that that helped us heal from some of that kind of stuff. So just a couple more. Now I got to get into fish because that's really all I listen to much anymore. Like I'm flirting with the idea of going. To Madison Square Garden, it's so crazy. I think I'm at about forty percent on that right now. I did book my hotel, but it's something I can cancel, you know, up until Christmas Day. I didn't get tickets yet. I don't have a plane ride, so um, we'll see. But um, I, I I'll end with with what I really mean here. But but I first want to start with this. Fish does a a Halloween show where they come up with their own music these days they used to cover an album but now they just come up with their own music and and this year they did one called sci-fi soldier where they were from the year like 40 to 20 i forget what the number is fish fans will be mad at me for that but um they 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 were the band sci-fi soldier and so they just created a whole new alter band ego 
And one of the songs that they played was Don't Doubt Me. And, and Sam and I heard this when we were up in, in New York. You can listen to that episode. Um, man, I, I got to show you all the different places like El Salvador. Somebody listened to the podcast from El Salvador. Um, but anyway, um, DT, Sam, and Fluff go to New York is, is where that one's at, where we heard Don't Doubt Me. And bear with me here. Don't think I'm getting overly cocky because that's not what I'm trying to say. So listen, just just bear with me. The last town, you, you hear me stutter, and like this is so difficult for me to say things like this um, out loud. But but this is part of the chronicles that I was hinting at at, at the beginning. Um, at, at the last town council meeting, one of the the elder statesmen on on the town council made a comment to me that he, he, he it was very um, affirming and. Um, made me tear up a little bit for sure. But he, he said on public record, he's like, I, I wanted to let you know that, you know, we've had mayors that came before you. The Max Hamrick was mayor for almost 40 years. And then Billy Ellis was mayor before, before I was both very, uh, talented men. And th- this council councilman says, you know, to me in the meeting in front of everybody and on the public record that he had his doubts. He wasn't sure that I would, you know, be able to do this job as mayor. Um, but, but went on to say that he, that I, that I've done a great job. You know, he was very, very encouraging, but he did, he had his doubts and you know what? I've had my doubts too. And that's the thing. Like I would have been a really good leader. I would have been a really good leader of Broad River Church. I would have been. I had some things to learn for sure. And I'm glad I had those things to learn. And so the song, Don't Doubt Me, and I don't mean that to the people listening. I'm talking to myself because so much of my issue is my lack of self-belief. Like I'm, I'm good at it, being mayor. The skill set that I have fits naturally into, into that role. I'm not a huge partisan type guy. I'm not playing a political game. Like I really am trying to be a statesman for whatever that means. Um, I I can really be flexible and adaptable and I like to listen to other people and bring them along, but I'm good at being a leader. And I'm saying that to myself and I'm saying that to myself on DT Madness because I want you to hear me struggling through that self-doubt. And I mean, I've, I've been really good at at cloaking it. I can play the, I can play the, you know, well, uh, what what do you say? Like I can play the guy that has all the belief. I can play the guy that's super confident, but I never have been. I've always doubted my position in my friend group. And uh, when I was at Davidson, when I was at Gardner-Webb, I've always doubted my position and cast myself lower in my own view. And so part of my healing, part of the Chronicles of the Third Life is beginning to believe and not doubt myself, me, not doubt myself. So anyway, I'll keep you updated on how that's going. But I'll finish with the wave of hope. 
I, I can't wait till fish tour dates come out. I'm going to go to as many as I can. Uh, I, standing in Noblesville, Indiana and listening to the wave of hope um, and listening to those lyrics, this too shall pass, reaching out for the wave of hope that's coming out of the chaos. It's been so impactful to me. And it, it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a testament to my belief in myself, but, but like in my belief in the reality that not that I can run away. I mean, I can run away from suffering. I've, I've mastered that. I've been running away from it for 40 years. But what I'm learning is that it's not about running away. It's about transforming the suffering. It's about living through it and in it and even beginning to believe that it's redemptive and, and practicing learning that and learning to practice that. And I think that's important doing both learning to practice and practice learning because it's not just about believing your way into it. You got to do it. And, and, and so I really will end with this, which I guess gets a little bit heavy, but I've talked about the idea. I've talked about my practice in the morning, the, the stretches that I do, the, the kind of, um, meditations that I do and how at the end I breathe in father, son, Holy spirit. But I, I, I use the words that I know, you know, uh, Yahweh, Christos, Ruah, because I don't want to be, I don't want to be encumbered by the, the baggage that comes with those words. I don't want to be encumbered by the word God or Jesus. I don't, I, I don't, I don't even want to get into that now. I'm just saying like that brings a lot of cultural type stuff with it. And that's not where I want to be when I'm doing that meditation in the morning. I don't want to be in my mind at all. I just want to breathe in the I am, you know. Um, I want to breathe in life and breathe in deep the spirit which is here for us. And as I breathe out, I smile. And and then and and, and as I'm doing all that kind of stuff, people come to mind. And typically, I do that before I breathe in the suffering of other people that I'm dealing with. And that's an interesting thing too. I'll talk about later. I know I'm getting closer to forty minutes here, but. You know, sometimes I'm breathing in, I'm thinking about one individual and sometimes I'm breathing in and like, you know, Sam and Sarah both will come. It, it's, it's, it's fascinating to me, you know, and other people pop up. But, but as I, as I breathe in Ruah, as I breathe in the spirit and recognize that it's present with me now, when I breathe out, I smile and now it has become automatic. I don't even have to be conscious of it anymore because I've learned to practice it. And I'm practicing learning it. But the other day, I, I, what came to mind in that spot was one of my students. And one of my students that I've had a very difficult time with this year. One of my students who we had a really kind of bitter run in the other day. And I had to send him out. And, you know, he, he's, I've judged his character. I have, I have. Um, he's not very honest. He's not a truthful person. And, um, and I give plenty of the benefit of the doubt. I do that. If, if you've had me as a teacher, you know that that's true, but I found out and I don't want to get into the tragedy that this, this young man experienced, but he did and it was significant. 
and I heard about it. And as I was breathing out the spirit and smiling, the natural automatic smile, this young man came to my mind. And it's tragic. But I continued to smile through it. Not a forced smile, not a gleeful smile, but a smile that recognizing that recognizes suffering. That seeks to transform it. And I don't have any doubt that in that practice now, the ripples that I will experience will benefit this young man and others because it helped me regain my perspective. It helped me to remember that out of the chaos, a wave of hope appears that we've got to reach for that, that we've got to smile through it, in it, because of it. Not naive, not running away, but transforming the suffering. Well, this has been a Church of Six production brought to you by the Bucket of Life, the Magic Rock, the Foundation Tower of Stone, the Token of Hope, knowing that this too shall pass. And perhaps most prominently this week by the Wall of Belief. Don't doubt me. And I'm saying that to myself. Each week I say, don't forget, but I'm talking to me. Don't forget to believe. And be live. Peace, my friends.